This session of Scanner School is sponsored by our new training course, an introduction to SDR, or Software Defined Radios. Now this course is designed to walk you through the process of not only purchasing, but also installing an SDR, getting the accessories hooked up, and getting the software installed in your computer so you are ready to go without wasting time and getting you operational as soon as possible. We'll teach you how to not only set up the hardware so you can get analog reception, but also P25, DMR, NXDN, and trunking, all again with simple to use hardware and your existing computer setup. So for more information about this introduction to SDR training, please visit our website at scannerschool.com courses. Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. So welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger. This is session number 80. 80 already. It is number 80. Now you can get the session notes. There's a lot of links in today's podcast. They're all online. Scannerschool.com slash session 80. That's 8-0. Scannerschool.com slash session 80. Now this week is a Ask Scanner School, which means I answer your questions. You can ask your questions via email, via SpeakPipe, or via a voicemail. Right, we have a local telephone number you can leave a message at. Our SpeakPipe is a nice app that actually you push the button, it turns on the microphone on your computer, your tablet, your smartphone, or whatever it is you're connected to the internet with, and you can leave me a voicemail that way as well. It's great because it's free for anybody who's international and doesn't want to dial the local number. So here's what we're doing going forward. Now, I teased this in our newsletter. So if you haven't been getting our weekly newsletter, you kind of don't know what's going on here. But if you have been receiving our newsletters, you know exactly what's gonna, what I'm going to say here. I am giving away a free consulting call for somebody tonight or today or whatever it is you're listening to this podcast. If you leave me a question via SpeakPipe or our voicemail number, you are in the running to win a free 30-minute consulting call. That's all you have to do. Leave me a question via SpeakPipe or our local phone number. Then you're in the running for a free consulting call. I'm sorry for those of you who like to email. I'm trying to promote you being on the podcast. I'm looking to get your voice on here instead of me reading all the questions and giving the answers. I think it breaks things up and it's a lot nicer too to hear the question in your words and in your voice. I think it adds something to the podcast. And I like to bring more of that on here. So it's a great and easy way to have you here as my guest for a quick two minutes where you can ask the question and I can answer you directly on the podcast. So again, scannerschool.com slash ask is your best way to do this. Now, if you want to bring more to the podcast, I am also looking for podcast guests. Do you have something that you like to do with your scanner? Something that we have not yet talked about? Um, I am more than happy to have you come on the podcast. I'm sure a lot of other people will be more than happy to listen to somebody else on the podcast and besides myself. So if there's something that you are really interested in with scanning, maybe how you got into scanning, maybe something you're doing now is scanning, maybe it's something that you know you find interesting that maybe you think others may start to find interesting if you talk about it. Be our guest on the podcast. Go to scannerschool.com. At the very top of the screen, you're going to see a bunch of links. Click on the one that says podcast. That's going to drop down and it's going to be a link to be a guest. That's going to take you to a calendar page where you can pick the date and the time that works best for you. And you can book 
your appointment to speak with me right there on the website. It is that easy. Then we meet via Skype or I call you up. There's no video involved. It's just audio. And we have a quick discussion about what's on your mind and we'll publish it as a podcast. So if that's interest of you to you as well, please, I am. We, this is an open call. This is your call to action. If you want to be a guest, please click that button. Now, again, today's session is Ask Scanner School, so we have a bunch of questions in the queue, ready to go. And at the end of this podcast, we have one lucky winner who's going to win a free consulting call from me. Now, again, if you want this consulting call, all you got to do is ask me a question. ScannerSchool.com slash ask, and use SpeakPipe or the voicemail number. Okay, guys, here we go on to our first question of the week. So our first question of the week comes from Eric Bina. Eric lives in Hendersonville, North Carolina. His question that he wrote in goes, what type of scanner would you recommend for beginners? And he's in the western mountains of North Carolina. Second, I'm sure you've gotten this a lot, Baofeng radios. Thoughts on it? Are they worth it for scanning? I know enough not to talk without my ham license, and I know better than to do that. Thank you again, sir. Sincerely, Fan from the start, Eric B. So, Eric, thanks so much for your question for leading off this week's Ask Scanner School. So, what I did was I jumped on uh, Radio Reference and I went to Hendersonville County in North Carolina. And a couple of things here stand out for me. So, this is where I'm kind of going to guide you through and guide you towards. So, the first thing we look at is the conventional stuff that's in Henderson, North Carolina. So, you have quite a bit of fire, EMS, and rescue. They're all analog. You lucky dog. <laughs> Sheriff's County, all analog, not encrypted. Fire dispatch in private channels, all analog. Nothing looks like it's all encrypted. County government, same. Municipalities, all the same. You're off to a really good start. So at this point, any radio on the market would be up for grabs for you. I think that anything you would look at uh, would be good to go. What we start looking at, though, and start focusing on are the trunk systems at the very bottom of the page in radio reference. So you have a couple things here to look at. You have a Carolina Direct system, which is a DMR Motorola Connect Plus turbo system. You have a statewide system, which is the Viper system. That's a Project 25 or a P25 Phase 1 system. You also have a Henderson County NXDN Next Edge 9600 system. So my first instinct was to jump inside that NXDN system for Henderson County and say, well, you need NXDN. But when I look at this system on Radio Reference, it was last updated pretty much exactly a year ago. June 16th, 2018, and today's date as I'm recording, this is June 30th, 2019. And while we have six sites in the system, nobody has submitted any talk groups to Radio Reference. So what does that mean? Does that mean that there's no activity on here or that nobody's been reporting anything? So let's keep this one in our back pocket. Let's just assume that, oh, we can't really assume anything here. Let's just say that there's a NXDN system here that has been verified in radio reference, but we don't know is if the system is active or it's just nobody's submitting talk groups to it. Maybe it is active and nobody's noticed anything on it. Okay, so I'm going to say this is a judgment call on your behalf. The next system we're going to look at is this Carolina trunking system. This is in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. It's got a, quite a bit of sites. And really, it's just a school's talk group and other minor talk groups, like a concrete uh, construction company, Amtrak buses, again, transportation and schools. Uh, 
So unless you really have a need to listen to school buses and schools, I think this is a system that you can completely dismiss. The other one, though, you want to take a really hard look at is the North Carolina Viper system. This is a statewide Viper system. This will require a P25 phase one scanner. And this opens you up to anything that's on the used market because pretty much anything on the used market will do at least a phase one system if it's P25. You don't need to worry about encryption, it looks like. But right now, Henderson County tour groups, you've got maybe about two dozen tour groups from common events, rescue, tactical, there's a EMS, a fire, mutual aid, law, Henderson Police and Henderson Patrol are both on here as well. So if you need to listen to your local PD, which I assume is what you want to do, you're going to be locked into at least a Phase 1 P25 radio. Okay, so on the table we know we have conventional, which any scanner is going to be able to do. We have a big question mark next to NXDN, which I may lean you in towards. And you also have the requirement, because you're probably going to want to listen to Hendersonville P25, um, you know, the police on there. So you're in a P25 radio. So let's take a look at something new, something used. Something new, because we're at the NXDN wild uh, flag here, something that can be set up and set up to be programmed easily. Uh, you may want to look at the Whistler TRX-1, TRX-2. That's a handheld or a mobile version. Those are those work fairly well when it comes to NXDNs, uh, also P25. So I, I, I said this one right off the bat because NXDN is not a paid upgrade on this radio. It comes included with the radio. So there's no extra things for you to do except load the software, get up to speed, and just start going to town with the radio. Now, another option for you would be, say, like the um, the Home Patrol, or, I'm sorry, the Uniden BCD-436 or the BCD-536. Again, one's portable and one's a mobile-based unit. They will do P25, but you have to pay an extra 60 bucks to get the NXDN. You could also graduate into the SDS-100 and SDS-200. Again, those are handheld and then a base and mobile version. Those are your top-tier Uniden scanners. Again, those run off the Home Patrol database, so they're easier to program and to set up. Again, NXDN is an added, uh, is, is an extra add-on for these scanners. Let's drop the tiers down a bit here. The Uniden BCD-996P2 is a mobile and desktop version. The BCD-325P2 is the handheld. Now, this is probably your entry level into a P25 with NXDN. These radios, again, $60 or so upgrade to get into NXDN. And again, it's a judgment call you have to make on your own. If you want to have them programmed, you can do it pretty easily if you use FreeScan and you have a premium subscription to Radio Reference. If you don't have that and programming is not something you want to take on, let me suggest buying the radio from Scanner Master. Scanner Master can not only sell you the radio and accessories, but they can also handle the programming and they can also handle doing the upgrade into NXDN for you. You will pay them extra for the programming and the NXDN application services, but it is a turnkey solution for you where you can receive the radio and turn it on and use it. Now, if you're looking to purchase a radio or accessories with Scanner Master, we do have a link where we would make a small commission off of the sale. You can go to scannerschool.com slash scanner master. Again, that's all one word, scannerschool.com slash scanner master. That will take you right to Scanner Master's website, but that will use our affiliate link and when you make a purchase using that, we'll earn a very small commission on it. And that helps to support Scanner School 
at no additional cost to you. So it's a great win-win for everybody. It's a win-win for you. You get what you need. And we also get a little bit of support on the side of that. So I know I did say uh, some used scanners. If you're looking for something uh, on the used market, you may not be able to get the NXDN. So even if you go back to the 996, uh, the 996 XT, the 320, I'm sorry, the 396, 396 XT. Again, those are older radios. We'll do phase one. Um, I really wouldn't suggest going anything beyond that, to be honest with you. In fact, even that, you're kind of walking the line where I would still prefer to see you get something newer that's currently out on the market. This way, it has all the bugs. It's and everything else has been uh, taken care of as well on there. They just perform better as they, as they get further and further down the line. There's also, if you really like the Whistler line, you don't want to do the TRX-1, TRX-2, you can also look for the TRX, um, sorry, the Whistler WS-1065. That's a pretty decent radio as well. It would only do phase one. It's not going to help you out at all with the NXDN. That's kind of why I started off the bat with the TRX-1 and the TRX-2 here. All right, so looping back and going back to your question about Baofeng. So I did a podcast on this uh entitled Cheap Chinese Radios. That was session number 52. You can go back and listen to that one at scannerschool.com slash session 52. And I kind of gave my thoughts about what I think about these Baofeng radios and these cheap radios. Now, they're affordable. I'll give you that. They're disposable. So that if something does happen to them and you listen to your next question and think that, Ooh, you know, it'll be a Baofeng, but a nice thing to have that happen to. Um, so like I said, they're disposable because they're cheap or some of them are cheap to get into. Like the UV5R is about $30 radio, but you get what you pay for. It's not a scanner. You're not going to be able to lock things out on the fly. You're only going to do analog. You're not going to be able to uh, get a fast scan rate out of it. There's no banks. They're limited. Does that mean I don't have a couple of Baofeng radios? No, that's not what it means at all. I do have Baofengs. I have one sitting right here next to my computer as I'm as I'm talking to you. Is the battery charged on it? Heck no. <laughs> no not at all. But it's a disposable radio. I use it when I need to. I have it laying around. And um, it's not my first radio I would grab on anything except maybe if I needed to, you know, throw a radio to a buddy of mine and we were operating on GMRS or MERS or something like that. Um it's there. You know, if somebody is amateur radio licensee and they need to have a radio, it's here. But again, I do have other radios I would prefer to use. Uh, but again, you know, some of my radios I found out recently, my ICOM 91 AD, the batteries are shot in it. So yeah, I would have grabbed my Baofeng to use as an analog radio if I wasn't in the need for a D-Star radio. I also have my uh, my VX7 over here that I would use as well. So again, I would grab my VX7 for handheld use for amateur radio before I would actually grab the Baofeng. So take that as you may. But um, you know, I, I think that given the price and they are, they can be used as scanners. Should it be used as scanners? Eh, buy a scanner. <laughs> That's my advice. But again, if you're looking for something cheap, something that you don't mind. Um, you know, with the slow scan rate, you don't mind not being able to lock out the channels on it. You don't mind not being able to get low band and only having VHF, UHF on it. Then go for it. Definitely. $30, go for it. Jump into it. Uh, I think you'll find that it is good for a simple receiver. Maybe you have five or six, maybe 10 channels in there. I wouldn't load it up completely to 128 because you'll never get back to channel one because of the slow scan rate on it. But in the end, um, if it's calling your name and you've got to have one, there's no harm in having it and freeing up another radio. Um, obviously, you're looking again at your county. You have plenty of analog conventional in there. And yeah, you can load in those things into the Baofeng and then free up a scanner to listen to Viper. 
I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And that would probably be the way that I would operate for a while if you were trying to get in on a budget or get a digital radio and then have a secondary radio. So yeah, uh, go for it. Why not? What do you have to lose besides 30 bucks? <laughs> so good luck with that. And then let us know how, uh, if you make the purchase on that as well. All right, Eric, thank you so much for your question. Hopefully I've answered it to your satisfaction. Let me know. Hit me up and let me know your feedback. And when you do decide to purchase a scanner, please let us know what you ended up going with and if you have any questions with that going forward. Again, thank you so much for emailing your questions. And if anybody wants to email that question, go to scannerschool.com slash ask. Okay, our next question comes in from Richard. And boy, I feel very bad for Richard. He says, what is the best plan of action if your scanners get wet? My 436 and PSR 500 both got wet by accident. I removed the batteries, placed them on a towel, by a fan, and I have not tried them since it happened. So this question came in about three days ago, and I have an update for you at the end. But let me just give my answers here um, so that if anybody else has this problem, you can you can uh, work, walk through it. So... The first thing you don't want to do is you don't want to throw it in an oven. You don't want to throw it in a toaster. You don't want to throw it um, in the hot sun. You may you may cause something to warp in the LCD. And you definitely don't want to put it in the microwave. What your best course of action really to do is is to what Richard's done. He's removed the power from the radio. That, that kind of keeps everything from shorting out inside. But don't forget, too, you may have an internal battery in there as well to keep the uh, the backup going on the scanner. You just kind of don't know what's, what's going on in so many scanners these days. But... Throwing it in a bag of rice would work well. Or those silica uh, gel packs that come with a lot of electronic equipment, those are those are made to, to suck the moisture out. So, you know, a big bowl of rice, just throw it in there. If you are good and, and you're comfortable with it, I would suggest taking the screws and, and disassembling the entire unit, lay it out, get it clean. Maybe you throw some rubbing alcohol on there or something like that just to displace any of the water. Let it sit for a while. Let the water evaporate off of it. If it was salt water, flush it with fresh water. Okay, you want to get that salt off there as soon as possible. It sounds like to you that it got wet by accident. I'm hoping that means you left it out and it just got rained. Well, the car windows were open or something like that. But, I mean, if it dropped in in water, you know, in a pond, flush it. Clean it out with some clear water and let it sit for a while. Um, you know, again, you... I said don't put it in direct sun, but put it someplace where it's warm. You know, I, I kind of can put things in my garage because it gets pretty hot in my garage in the summertime. But uh, your main point is don't use it until the water has completely evaporated. And, um, you know, I'd give it a week or so personally. But that's it's unfortunate that your scanner's got wet. So I got a response back from Richard just uh, a day or two ago. He says, hey, Felch, want to update you. My scanners seem to have survived getting a bath. Thanks for doing what you're doing. I've learned a lot. So Richard, <laughs> thankfully your scanners are functional. Keep an eye on them. Uh, hopefully there's no water behind the LCD screen and, and uh, you know, give them time. Hopefully they didn't get too much water inside of them and that's why they're working well. But again, it wouldn't hurt to open them up and just double check to make sure that you got nothing uh, creeping around in there that can short something out. But again, Thankfully, everything's working fine. Those were pretty expensive radios, and um, you know it kind of stinks no matter what happens. You know, with with, uh, with that. So, best of luck to you on that going forward, and definitely thank you so much for submitting your question to Ask Scanner School. Okay, so Stephen writes in and he says, 
Too many questions right now to condense since I'm basically new to this. I've had a scanner to take to races, but I want to learn all about scanning. He recently purchased a Uniden SDS-100 and is quite intimidating with all the lingo and instructions. It was very simple to program in the zip code and to get up and running. Took all of a minute, but I want to learn it all. So he's asking these following four questions. Just scanning my favorites. Know how to make it pause longer before moving on, using the quick keys, etc. Connecting it to a GPS to use it while traveling. The best way to set up by doing this. Setting up DMR and Moto Turbo channels. And then finally scanning certain frequencies to find out what is out there and what I am missing. All these and other things that can be done with the scanner that I have no clue about. He's made the investment and now he's looking to get the most out of it. So, Stephen, first of all, congratulations on the SDS-100. Yes, it is a beast of a scanner. It's Uniden's top of the line and it's got the most amount of bells and whistles on it, which means, yes, it does have the most potential to trip you up and confuse you. But... I am actually working on a training course just for the SDS-100 and the SDS-200. Now, I don't have a release date on this right now, but it is something that I have been working on. It is something that I would love to bring up because I do get a lot of questions on the SDS-100 and 200, and it will be a soup to nuts training. Basically, taking it out of the box and me becoming so proficient with it, you'll be able to teach your own training courses on it. That's the way I want this course to be, which is why it's taken me a lot of time to get through. So... Between then and now, let's just go through some of your questions and get them answered. This way you don't have to wait for the course. And of course, of course, of course, if you're looking for the course, you can always sign up for our email newsletter by going to scannerschool.com and look for the newsletter link. When the courses are finally available, they will be there. You can also look at scannerschool.com slash courses. Right now, I do have my SDS uh, intro course on there. Uh, you've heard the bumper to that at the beginning of the podcast. But you can also, once the course is available, if you listen to this in the future and that course is available, this is where the course will be, scannerschool.com slash courses. Okay, so scanning just your favorites. He wants to know how to make it pause longer before moving on using the quick keys, etc. So scanning just the favorites, what you got to do, first of all, is you have to set up his favorites list. Using Sentinel, that's pretty straightforward. You just go to the global database. You find what it is that you want to add to the frequency list or your favorites list. You select it, right-click it, and add to favorites. You can add to favorites by doing it to a new favorites list, or you can add to favorites by using uh, appending to an existing list. Okay. Now, when you want to use a uh, quick keys, what you would do is you would select on that favorites list. You would go into the properties on that list, and you would assign it to a quick key. Quick keys are a bit confusing sometimes. Pref what I what I normally do. My preference, which is what I was about to say, is to ignore the quickies, all right? Because when you have a radio that big, you can start having a lot of quickies. Now, you're going to need the quickies if you're going to start breaking it down and putting in system uh, or, or shortcut keys to get to the exact or the tag keys. So I'm trying to say here, if you're trying to tag a frequency with a key, you're going to need to have the system keys and the group keys and the... Um, uh, the tag for the frequency setup on here, but normally with my SDS 100 and 200, my 436, my 536, I'm not using that scanner and that method when I do it for mine. So, you know, my my uh, thought process is a little bit different than the way that you'd want to use it. But again, you just go into the properties of that um, favorites list and you assign it to a key and you can toggle them off and on that way. Me, what I do is I just go into the menus, I go into set scan list, and I just scroll up and down and toggle the ones off and on that I need, okay? 
So connecting it to a GPS to use while traveling, the best way to do it. Well, the best way to do it is you're going to need a power source to power up the GPS. You're going to need not only the GPS, but the GPS adapter kit. So we'll put links to these in the session notes uh, for Scanner School. But um, what you're looking for is the BC GPSK, which is a serial GPS receiver. This is a standard unit in GPS receiver. I have it right here in my hand right now. And, um, you know, it's going to tell you on the back that it is for the 396, the 996, the BCT-15, the 346, the Home Patrol, right? And um, because it's got that funny plug-in, right, it, 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 it's supposed to connect directly to your RS-232. The reason why it is compatible with these other scanners is because um, the, the handheld scanners, they have that programming cable that plugs into the proprietary unit in serial port on the side. That is the right cable to marry into um, these scan, uh, these um, the GPS receivers. Is what I'm trying to say here. Um, when it comes to your mobile radios, the GPS port is already on the back of the receiver, so it's it's a match made in heaven. Basically, it, it just works. When it comes to the SDS 100, there is no proprietary Uditin serial port on it. What you have to do is you also need to purchase the BC UTGC. This is the uh, serial adapter that works for not only the SDS-100, but also the BCD-325P2. Now, basically, I'm cracking it out of the box here myself. And what this has on it is it's got the, the funny DIN connector on it, and it also has two USB uh, cables on it. It's a, it's a splitter, basically. So what you would do with this is you would power up not only your scanner and... Um, the, the the GPS, but this also plugs into the scanner so that you can send the data right to uh, the GPS port on the scanner. So that's how you would set it up, and then you go in the menu system and you would just put on location services and say that the uh, GPS is, is enabled. So again, just like the zip code scanning too, once you hook in the GPS, you're also going to, want to set your range up as well so that the uh, scanner knows just how far out you, you are going to be. So again, the way that the GPS works in here, or the way the zip code is, is one overrides the other. So if you do have your zip code set up in there, uh, the scanner will then basically override the GPS. Once you plug in the GPS, it's going to know where you, you're going to go. So right here, I'm, I got my SDS-100 turned on. We go into uh, menu, and we are going to go into set your location. And then we're going to go into set up GPS. And then you're going to do location format and set serial port. And then once you have it turned on and the GPS is going to work, uh, again, we're going to set our, our range in here as well. But you'll start to uh, see that the GPS is uh, is on and that it is receiving. So that makes it very easy to see um, you know, that the GPS is actually working on it. So again, don't forget to set the range. And then also your service types too. You want to make sure that you have the services on that you want to listen to. The services are important because if you don't have them turned on, you're not going to hear what those services are. For example, uh, one of the uh, examples, real life examples that worked with me was I had programmed in my local utilities, the Long Island Power Authority. And uh, they use that, you know, to uh, to talk every once in a while, I guess. And um, I could not get them to scan. Every time I turned that bank on by using the quick keys at the time, uh, what would have happened was to say there was nothing to scan in the scanner. And that's because I had utilities turned off on my systems list. Once I turned them on, bada bing, bada boom, everything worked the way it was supposed to work. Wouldn't you know? So, uh, again, watch that one as well. So, also, with the, um, I guess, so we, with the GPS connectors on here, what you really want to do is you want to take the GPS itself out. You can get rid of the extra cables that are in the box. You're going to plug in that secondary kit that I told you right into it. One goes to your um, your uh, cigarette lighter adapter. It's, it's got a USB port on the end of it, so you would need one of those. The other one goes into the charging port on the radio itself. 
So uh, again, we'll have affiliate links for those things in the session notes at uh, scannerschool.com slash session 80. So that is the quick and dirty on how to set up the um, GPS. So when it comes to setting up the DMR motor turbo channels, uh, your best bet is to just import them into the scanner uh, by using Sentinel and just go that way. If you want to do it manually, you can go in there and build a system and set up the color code or the, the, the uh, logical channel numbers and whatnot, plus the talk groups. And then scanning certain frequencies to find out what you're missing. Again, you could just go right into search mode. You could do it that way. You could do close call. And then, um, you know, that's how you'd find out what's out there besides what uh, what's in the scanner. So with that, best of luck with the SDS-100. I'm sure you'll be moving on quickly into the SDS-200 once you get your, uh, your feet, wet, at least feet wet on the SDS-100. And also don't forget, we will have a training course set up for this in the near future. Uh, by if you just keep your eyes on the newsletter, if you subscribe to the newsletter, or by going to scannerschool.com slash courses, and we will let you know when our courses are available. All right, again, thank you, and best of luck with the new scanner. I'm sure you're having a blast with it as we speak. Thanks again. So our next question comes in from Joe. Joe sent us in his question via SpeakPipe. So we'll let Joe explain his problem, and then um, we'll see if we can solve it. Phil. I don't know if the audio will come through, but my P25 phase two system for the state is much louder than my county P25 phase one system. Since the state police are patched to both systems, here's an example of both. First, the county P25 system. First, uh, P30, you still um, tied up there at the 1050. Yes, sir, we're right now. Okay. And now for the state P25 phase two system. It's going to be a period 89. I'll handle you. can cancel any of your units. Copy information when you're ready. G25, good. One be a. At home, I only listen to the county system, but on the road, I like to listen to both. But the volume differential is excessive. I use a Whistler TRX-1. Do you have any suggestions? Of course, the speak pipe recording sounded fine for both systems. But trust me when I say the state P25 phase 2 system is extremely loud when the county system is at normal volume. And when I adjust the state system to be at normal volume, the county P25 phase 1 system is not loud enough to be heard, especially over road noise and wind noise when mobile. Okay, so now I'm in here. I'm re-listening to this question. I've already given my answer, uh, which you'll hear in a second. But as I'm putting the podcast together, something caught my ear when it came to this question. I had originally thought that only one system here was P25. Now that I'm listening to the question again, as I'm putting the entire podcast together, I'm hearing that both the county and the state system, or the, or the two systems, are both P25. One's phase one, one's phase two. So I'm really hoping that my answer uh, will adjust both of them. It's a universal response for trunking. I'm sorry. It's a universal response for digital. Um, but uh, I, I'm kind of hoping that 
by tweaking one of these three values or, or two or all three values really, that we can adjust the levels on all the trunking systems and all the digital systems in the scanner. So I'm not gonna give it here, I'm just gonna tease it right now. The other thing I didn't touch on because again, I was only thinking one system was P25. Uh, you may wanna set the, the audio gain control uh, settings in there and and see if if that helps you out as well but um this one this one's interesting so if play around with the answer i'm about to give you and then uh let me know how it works out for you all right let me know if if you're able to get it so that all the digital systems in the scanner equal out if not we may have to start tweaking um you know one at a time and and, and bring the bring that down as well so here's my answer this is what i recorded before i i heard that both systems were p25 and uh, hopefully it uh, it works well. Joe, thanks for your question. So this is an interesting one. I haven't really played around these settings too much at all in the past, to be honest with you. So this was a good opportunity for me to start playing around with something new in the TRX-1 and TRX-2. So I've known about these settings for a while. There's been no need for me to touch them because um, I, I my P25 system is not extra loud like yours is or extra quiet or like that. So... Um, you can you can play this around two ways. You can turn on the audio gain control, the auto gain control, uh, basically per system. But you have to do that each time. It should raise the volume a little bit, or, or they call it audio boost. I wouldn't recommend doing that unless you really had to, because that was that's going to add the boost on all of your systems. And then, um, you know, you said when you're when you're driving, it could be a problem. So what you can try to do, and again, I've tried this on my local P25 system, and we just have a couple of EMS calls on there, basically. That's the only that's not encrypted. But there's three settings. There's the um, there's the ADC, the DAC, and the DSP settings. So what ends up happening is one feeds into the other. Okay. So the uh, there's a page on Radio Reference that basically reference uh, that that goes through each one of these. I was gonna say Radio Reference references these, but that didn't roll off the tongue the right way. Um, so there's a wiki page on Radio Reference that explains these three settings. And I'm going to link to this again in the session notes at scannerschool.com slash session 80. And there's also a forum post, which I think is a little bit more helpful in figuring out what the DSP, ADC, and the DAC does. So um, a user commented about two years ago, uh, three years ago, actually, and, and wrote the following. So he says that the ADC is the analog to digital converter, ADC. And it's the most important of the three settings. It allows you to adjust how hot the audio that the DSP receives is. Generally, you want this to be a value of zero or lower. Now, again, the default setting from Whistler is minus two, okay, or minus one. The DAC is the digital to analog converter, and it comes after the signal processor. Now, this converts the digital audio back to analog so that it can drive the speaker. This is essentially, as he puts it, the global auto gain control for digital audio versus analog audio. Modify this value will make the digital louder or softer compared to that of the analog signals. And this is an across-the-board settings. So again, this will change at your NXDN and your P25 settings. Now, the DSP setting in the scanner basically um, is, is how fast the DSP happens or the digital decoding happens. 
Um, you can lower this value or raise the volume. It will change how it sounds as far as the sampling goes. And if you have an echo with another radio in the room, you can lower this. So I think out of the box, it's a DSP setting of 64. Uh, the DAC setting is minus 2 or minus, I'm sorry, minus 3 or minus 4, just to back up a bit. So what I did to test out mine was I tested out the DAC. I raised the volume all the way up with the default value, and it was pretty good. I lowered it all the way down to minus 10 on the DAC, and it got quieter. When I went to a plus two, it was louder. And when I went back down to minus four, which is the default setting in my scanner, it was pretty good. So again, you may want to go into your DAC setting. Now, where do you find the DAC setting? If you're in the software, you're going to go into the um, the global tab and you go into advanced settings and it should be over there in easy scan. When you're in the scanner itself, you're going to go into menu, you're going to go into programming menu and go into global settings. And you can scroll down for about a mile or you can just scroll up. You want to scroll up until you see the DSP adjusting, the ADC and the DAC. Now again, you go into DAC settings, start there and adjust that to begin uh, to begin with that one. So you may want to lower it down to minus 10 to see if that helps you out at all. So best of luck, let me know if that works. If DAC doesn't work, then try the ADC, then finally the DSP. But I think you'll be okay with the DAC settings. Let us know how you make out with this. And thank you so much for submitting your question via SpeakPipe. I greatly appreciate it. And um, it's always good to hear from those asking the questions, which is why I prefer the SpeakPipe method of, um, of uh, answering your questions. Now, in addition to SpeakPipe, I also like to answer the voicemail questions because, again, this is you asking me the question, not me reading from an email. So you get to hear the end user. So our final question of the week before we pick the winner of between Joe and our next contestant here uh, on the free consulting call, uh, came in through our voicemail number. So our voicemail number is 516-308-2885. Again, that's a U.S. number. So if you're within the United States or Canada and you want to call that number, I'm sure that's a local call now from any cell phone provider, even though it's long distance. Uh, but for those of you who are out of the U.S., you may want to just go with SpeakPipe. And again, the button for SpeakPipe is right there on the Scanner School page uh, at scannerschool.com slash ask. And you just scroll down a little bit and press to start recording. And it's going to have you use your microphone either on your, your tablet, your phone, or your computer to leave me a voicemail, which is exactly how uh, the previous question was asked. But this next question, this was left on our voicemail line, and we will answer that one right now. Hi, Phil. This is Ty in western Wyoming. I purchased a unit in SDS-100. I'm, this is my first police scanner. And I would like to know if there's an in-depth tutorial on how to use the scanner, how to set it up for my area, and what all the menu functions do um, so that I can best utilize my scanner. If you could let me know if there's a resource available to do that, that would be great. Also, um, I would be willing to pay if there was some sort of online tutorial or class specific to the SDS-100 so that I can benefit from the purchase that I made. Thanks, Phil. Bye. Hey, Ty. Congratulations on the brand new SDS-100. So as I said uh, in the earlier uh, question that came out, yeah, I am actually working on a um, SDS soup to nuts training course. So it's pretty... Uh, Interesting how the same question came up twice uh, for this month's thing. But yes, I'm, I'm definitely working on it. 
We just wrapped up our SDS uh, training, the intro to SDS. I'm converting that into a online on-demand type of uh, training course. Once that's done, I'll be progressing into the SDS 100 and SDS 200. Other resources that are at your disposal, though, are um, our Scanner School Facebook group, scannerschool.com slash Facebook group. Well, uh, it's a great resource to ask questions and, and learn some things about scanners. We also have our consulting uh, sessions as well, where you can hire me for half an hour, sit down, and go through some of the questions you have. Uh, you can get that at scannerschool.com slash consulting. Another option for you, though, uh, which would be more of a free route for you, is if you go online and you do a quick Google search for easier to read manual. Uh, there's a manual in there for the BCD 436 HP, and that'll get you going pretty well when it comes to using the SDS 100. This is actually done by Mark's Scanner, so you can go to markscanners.com. Now, again, we will put a link to this page uh, on the session notes for this for this session, so it'll be scannerschool.com slash session 80. Now, when you go to Mark's Scanners, there is no online scanner thing or scanner manual for the SDS 100. But a lot of what's in the BCD 436, 536 will uh, transfer over nicely to the SDS 100 because it's just an upgrade on that radio. But again, I am working on a training course uh, for the SDS 100 and the SDS 200, and it will be a soup to nuts. And the goal to that one is to make it so that you will never have to open up the instruction manual and walk you through taking it out of the box to being an expert on the device. So if you're listening to this in the future, again, you go to scannerschool.com slash courses. If you're not already on our mailing list, you can go to um, scannerschool.com on the main page, subscribe to our newsletter, and we'll let you know when the SDS 100 and 200 course is available. Of course, again, we have our consulting, which you can go to scannerschool.com slash consulting, and also keep asking your questions here on Scanner School's uh, you know, podcast, scannerschool.com slash ask. I'll take it really quickly through it right now. When you take the unit out of the box, the very first thing you want to do is you want to install Sentinel. Sentinel is a Unidin's application that will get you uh, running with the database and firmware upgrades on the scanner. So the first thing you want to do on your Windows computer is install Sentinel. Then you want to do a database update in Sentinel. Then you want to plug the radio into your computer, let it install the drivers, and let it um, you know do its little magic. When you finally have all that installed in Sentinel, go to Update and then Update the Firmware. Then I'll push the brand new and latest firmware to your scanner. Then when you're done, you want to update the scanner, and that's going to push the database to the scanner. And if you create any um, any uh, favorites lists or whatnot, then you know that'll that'll uh, push it also to the scanner as well. But in the meantime, that'll get you up and running. You can make a lot of changes through Sentinel, like change your zip code or your boot screen, your favorites list, your quick keys. It can all be done through Sentinel. Uh, but again, I am working on a training course, so we'll take you through it soup to nuts and how everything is done in the SDS 100 and SDS 200. Again, if you have any questions, feel free. Keep going to scannerschool.com slash ask and submit more questions. Thank you very much to everybody who submitted a question this week. Now, again, I did tease out earlier, and I'm going to continue doing this every single month now. If you ask a question using SpeakPipe or our voicemail number, one of those two methods, I'll put your name in a hat, 
it's actually going to be a digital random number generator and everybody's going to have a number assigned to them and then we'll pick a number and the number gets to win. Um, but we'll put your name in the virtual hat and I'll pick one person for a free consulting call. It's a 30-minute consulting call, and all you got to do to enter is ask me a question via SpeakPipe or our voicemail number. Unfortunately, I am trying to – I'm going to answer email questions, but I'm trying to promote the use of SpeakPipe and the voicemail number. So this week, we only had two people who submitted uh, their questions via SpeakPipe or voicemail. We had one of each. So right now, I am going to pull a name out of the hat. And we're going to see who wins the consulting call for this month. All right. Push the button. And here we go. The winner this month is Ty. It's not a Ty. It's Ty. Our, our second question of the day that came in, the one that came in through the voicemail. Ty, you have won our free consulting call. I will reach out to you as best I can. I'm pretty sure your phone number was uh, part of your voicemail. And um, if you're listening to this now, please shoot me an email. And uh, it's phil at scannerschool.com. And let me know that uh, you know, you're know you ready for your consulting call. We'll go through for 30 minutes how to set up your SDS 100. Again, if you want to try and win this next month, anybody who's out there, scannerschool.com slash ask. Start asking your questions now. I'll start compiling them with answers. And then we'll see you again in August. All right, guys, thank you so much for your questions. And then before we wrap up, we've got one more thing to talk about. All right, before we wrap up, I want to thank, again, our current Patreon supporters. These are our supporters who help us month over month over month. Brian Southworth, Scott Vorder, Signals Everywhere, Craig Harper, Kenneth Fowler, Ken Newberry, William Arcan, Dan Raymond Hill, Glenn Bryden, M.T. Bono, James Felling, Anthony Saggio, and Mark BB. Thank you all for your continued support. If you want to help support the podcast, we have other ways to do it besides Patreon. You go to scannerschool.com slash support. Of course, from there you can do is Patreon. You can do our one-time donation via PayPal. If you shop on Amazon, you're looking for something from Scanner Master or software from Butel, uh, that's your place to go. When you click on the links on the, our support page, scannerschool.com slash support, you are helping the podcast and keeping us going week over week because it does cost us a little bit of money to keep this coming uh, to you every single week. So with that, I want to say thanks again to everybody who submitted their question. If Again, if you want your question answered next month, scannerschool.com slash ask is the way to do so. So we are closing in. We are closing in right now on 100 episodes. This is number 80. We got 20 to go. 20 more weeks before the end of the year, we will hit triple digits. And I'm trying to figure out a nice way to celebrate and to bring this in. So before we do that, let's give me some feedback. Let me know what you'd like to hear for episode number 100. We're getting close there and we're in the planning stages. So let me know. Also, looking for guests. I'm looking to bring more guests on the podcast. I want to talk to you. I want you to share your story with, with me and the fellow audience. Is there something that you're interested in with the scanner radio hobby, something that you do, you do in a NASCAR. Are you big into the U S coast guard, uh, railroads? Maybe you're outside of the United States. What is it like scanning in Australia, in the UK, um, you know, somewhere else? What is scanning like in your backyard? What is it you like to do with the scanner? What's your backstory? I mean, we've had several people come on the podcast already to discuss multiple different things. Uh, we've had um, guests talk about uh, aviation, uh, mill air, how to scan on a budget, all right? We've had multiple different 
people come on and I want to share your story as well. So if you'd love to be a guest on the podcast, you could do so by going to scannerschool.com. Click on podcast on the very top and on the drop down menu will be a be a guest link. You submit your be a guest. It's going to take you right to a calendar. And all you got to do is just fill in a form and pick a date and time that works for you. Boom. You're a guest on the podcast. All right, guys, we will catch you all again next week, session number 81. That podcast will drop a week from this week on uh, the next Tuesday. So again, I want to thank you for listening to Scanner School. We teach you everything you need to know about the Scanner Radio hobby. My name is Phil Lichtenberger. My amateur radio call sign is W2LIE, and we will catch you all again next Tuesday, 73.